Good morning, everyone, and happy Friday. My name is Sean Tierney from the Automation Blog and School, and this is the Automation Morning Show, where I take a look at what's new and happening in industrial automation, and I want to say hi to Sayed. Um, hopefully, I pronounced that correctly, and uh, he uh, said hi in the chat, and so I hope everybody's having a great day. Um, I actually drove back from the campground this morning because it was raining really hard. It was very noisy. The internet was kind of iffy up there in the woods, so uh, I drove back today so that we could have uh, hopefully a quality show, uh, just like every other show we have, and with the same studio and environment, cameras, and everything that I know works. Um, and talking about that, um, what I want to talk about here is we are coming up on our 100th anniversary, or our 100th episode, and uh, I think that's so cool. And, you know, a lot of shows never make it to 100. They don't even make it to 50. So... I think it's uh, really cool that we've coming up on episode 100. And so what I'm going to ask everybody, the reason I have automate.news up is for our 100th episode, which if I'm running the numbers right, will be the day after Labor Day, right? So it would probably be, um, you know, so I think Labor Day is September 4th. So it'd be the day after a Tuesday. In any case, so that's a holiday in the U.S. Labor Day. So uh, in any case, um, I was thinking that it would be really cool to read some of your uh, feedback um, some of your, your uh, shout-outs on our 100th episode. So we're going to ask all the viewers to do, if you're inclined to do so, click on the news tip link and fill out that form and just tell us, say hi, say thanks for doing the show, say, you know, get a, get a real job, whatever you want to say. Um, you know, if you want to share your thoughts on what's happening in the world, you want to share your thoughts of what products and technologies are going to be the next best thing, um, let us know by submitting that tip. So you only have like a week Maybe a week and a half to do that, so keep that in mind. But episode 100 is coming, and I'd love to read some of your thoughts and comments on ear on that uh, coming Tuesday. So not this Tuesday, but the next Tuesday. And, and thank you to the folks in the chat for uh, for your morning wishes and for make, and you know correcting me, make sure I'm correct and double checking me. Now, with that said, let's get back on track here and uh, thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. This is how we afford to do the show. They keep the lights on, and we want to thank them for sponsoring this episode. From there, we go to our first new article of the day. This is more of a press release, and this is from Pills, and they're announcing that their, um, their software that you can use to calculate the safety distances for light curtains, like their own, um, is available. It's free, and it's available right on their website. This uh, article goes in and talks about why that's important and um, talks about the... Uh, the uh, availability of this online tool. So if you're using Pills safety curtains, or maybe really anybody's safety curtains, you may want to check this out. From there, we go over to, uh, I think it's Sinchos or Sinos. Um, they have a uh, press release article about their embedded computers. And um, it was pretty good. And it talks about how they're used in AMRs and other devices. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. If you're looking for an embedded computer company, they may be somebody you want to take a look at. From there, we go over to Stahl. Now, Stahl has a very good article about HMIs. Extensibly, it's to talk about their own modular HMI system, but I thought they covered a lot of just generic stuff that people need to be aware of, especially when it comes to obsolescence, right? So a lot of us in our plants, we have an HMI, we buy it. Maybe it's 1990 and it stays there for 30 years, right? Makes sense. A lot of us buy cars and drive them for 30 years, right? So um, in any case, this talks about a lot of the concerns and issues you might run into. And um, I really thought it was a pretty good article. The one thing I will ding them on 
is they didn't include in a picture of their product. So I went over to their website and I found um, the product they were talking about and I wanted to share a picture with, of what their product looks like. You can see it here. And one of their claims of fame is too, is, you know, it, the hazardous areas and, you know, um, rugged computing. So um, especially if you're looking for an HMI or a computer for a hazardous area, definitely may want to check this product out. From there, we go over to an article from PTC, and I really enjoyed this article. It's a little bit off the beaten path of what we typically do every day, um, but um, it talks about product lifecycle management. And so I thought they did a great job on the history, how it grew out of what was originally called product data management. So if we go back to the 80s and that transition to the 90s, a lot of documentation we would have for products and machines went from being you know, printed to actually being electronic, right? And so typically back in the day, you would have everything in binders, right? I still have a lot of my binders, right? Binders full of manuals, right? And uh, in those binders, you know, you would have, uh, you know, all the books and then you'll have the book supplements, you'll have, uh, you know, release notes, you'd have all kinds of stuff. And you would have shelves and shelves and shelves full of manuals and books and, uh, and binders. And um, as it went electronic, of course, everything got easier, but not everybody um, implemented the same rigidness and making sure they had all the information on their products um, in, in the electronic format. So people over the time developed systems like product data management systems, especially vendors did, but a lot of end users would as well. And that's where um, we see product lifecycle management coming into play. Very important for vendors, but also something all end users and even OEM should consider. I don't know how many times an OEM has called up and said, hey, I'm making a machine X again and I need uh, you know, product Y. And we're like, whoa, that product was obsoleted like three years ago. That puts them in a bind because they've already quoted the price based on what they thought the price of the products would be and didn't include any re-engineering, right? So very important that, that we're all cognizant of what's going on with the products we're using in our mission critical applications and or, or business uh, sustaining applications. And I just thought they did a good, uh, at the end they do have a video with Balif, um, who is a manufacturer, we've had them on the show and um, we've covered their products before, um, talking about how they implement the PTC, uh, PLM software. I think it's called Quick, uh, I forget where it was. Somewhere here, it, it's in here. But in any case, um, it was very interesting um, to, uh, to hear their thoughts on the PTC offering there. Now with that, we go over to our featured product of the day and I'm featuring the Mega AB online course bundle from theautomationschool.com. This bundle includes Control Logics, Compact Logics, VUSC, Panel V Plus, MicroLogics, Micro 800, and using CCW with VFDs, as well as a primer on uh, using uh, VMware. So um, if you're looking to grab that, it's a one-time, this is not an annual price. This is a one-time price of $549. Now, over the years, we've had several people come to us and say, hey, I bought this course and I'd like to upgrade to the Mega Bundle. Maybe they bought Factory Talk View or, or, or the Extended Control Logics, and they're like, you know, just for a couple hundred dollars more, I can get everything. Yes, we always do that. Every time, we always allow people to upgrade from what they have to what they want. No questions asked. It's the difference in price, basically. So, you know, prices change over time. We do a lot of early access discounts and pre-ordering discounts. So, um, but in any case, yeah, absolutely. And uh, check that out. if you. And we also do discounts off of this if you're uh, enrolling three or more people. 
So we just had another company enroll three people to grab that discount. And, you know, they don't have to take every cost, but at least they'll get the PLC basics. They'll get control logics, compact logics, and panel view plus. Sometimes that's what people really want. And uh, it's just cheaper to get everything. Who knows? You may, you may end up using a migrate under a factory talk view in the future, right? So with that, that's our featured product for today. From there, we go over to another article from PTC. Now, this talks about, in essence, this is talking about using uh, their KEP server, KEPware server, and uh, which is an OPC server, OPC UA server now. And, uh, you know, that, that's been pretty popular with Alan Bradley folks, but they, can, they have drivers for, oh, I don't know, just uh, it seems like 30 or 40 or 50 or more different devices. And um, what this is really talking about is the difference between single channel and multi-channel communications in their server. So if you're using CAP or plan to use CAP, um, definitely check that out because there is some major differences between the two. The single channel, if you have multiple devices on it, it does it like in a round robin. So it only communicates to one device at a time. So if you need to actually have, uh, you know, uh, asynchronous communications to multiple devices, you wouldn't want to use a single channel. Although, of course, you could flood your network if you had too many channels, right? There's only so much data that can go, especially legacy networks, Modbus, Data Highway Plus, you gotta be very careful flooding those networks. But I thought it was a good article, I wanted to share that with you. And also over at Software Toolbox, while they're extensively talking about their own OPC server, um, this article really does a good job introducing, introducing what a OPC UA discovery server is. Right, so if, you, if, you, if you're interested, maybe you're gonna start using some OPC and you wanna freshen up on discovery servers and how they work, or if you have a junior person on your staff, definitely recommend this article from the good folks over at Software Toolbox. And from there, we go over to updates and downloads. Um, I saw over at Siemens website, they had their IEC 61850 system configurator for a 30-day trial. I've never used this. I, I probably should reach out to the Siemens guys and say, ask them what this is, but it looked very interesting and very, um, uh, pertinent to what we do as uh, you know as automation folks and so I wanted to share that with you also uh, I saw a lot of CyProtect 5 uh, driver updates on the site so I only include link to one but there was like I don't know six seven eight uh, updates for CyProtect 5 so if you're using that you definitely want to check out those updates to see if they apply to you from there we go over to uh, new publications from the major vendors and, uh, you know, there's always a lot of publications released every day, but these are the ones I found that I thought were interesting and, and would be pertinent to our audience. And the first one is from Schneider Electric, and it's called Remote Operations SCADA Software. This is the EcoStructure Geo SCADA Expert. And I was reading through it. It seemed like a very interesting product. I've never used their, their, uh, their SCADA packages before, but if you do use it or you're thinking about using it, you may want to grab this updated brochure. From there, we go over to Schneider's uh, Lexium catalog. This is the uh, specifically the Lexium MC12 multi-carrier. It seems like all vendors, all the big vendors either have their own product or purchase a company that made a product like this. So these are the multi-carrier transport systems where there's a bunch of shuttles that move around, typically in an oval. And um, so they can bring products to different stations and have different operations performed on them. And we've covered these products before on the show, but this is the latest catalog. Now this, I just noticed it said April. Typically I don't share it if it doesn't have the same month as it's released. This just showed up on their website. So not sure why it says April, but in any case, typically I won't share it if it doesn't have the same month. We're in August, not April. So in any case, and I see that a lot with some vendors where they just post it to the website, but it's like, in some cases, years old. It's like, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna feature that on our show. Um, over here, we also have a new 
user's manual for the on-machine version of Alan Bradley's ASIM 6300, or awesome. I know people say it different ways. But um, this is that company they bought a few years ago, big industrial computer company overseas, I think in Italy, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they're integrating all their products into their lines. And it seems like they have great products. Um, in any case, I wanted to show you how this thing mounts. So this is on machine. So it's IP in, in Rockwell's terms, that would typically be IP65 or something similar. These are IP65. And uh, to, you can see the three different mounting options here. And to get to the IO ports, you know, the ethernet port and all that, um, you can actually take the cover off and this is what you'll see. So you can see, um, it seems like they don't, this does not, maybe uh, COM port is optional. Okay, I love to see it when they have legacy COM ports, you know, 422, 485, not 422 so much, 485 and 232, because this, you know, Modbus and so many old protocols, data, you know, I should say DF1 and other protocols that run on that. So it's good to have that legacy support. I know a lot of Alan Bradley's products don't have legacy support. Um, from there, we go over to a couple of new uh, manuals from Siemens. One is on their 61850, System Configurator we just talked about. And the other is on WinCC. We just had uh, Alan on the show earlier this week on the Automation Podcast uh, detailing WinCC version 8. And this is on specifically this manual, the system manual is on the ProDiag Plant Monitoring and WinCC. So if you're using WinCC, you may want to grab a copy of this manual. Now with that, we go to our other science and technology section and uh, where I try to feature something that maybe not directly related to industrial automation, but still pretty cool and, uh, and may make it way into our business, you never know. And this is um, an article on IEEE's website. And this talks about a company that makes a camera that is outperforming, by far outperforming LiDAR. Now you may know that a lot of companies have gone to LiDAR over the years because they found it be, to be more reliable for like, let's say if you want to do automatic braking in a car or adaptive cruise control, um, you know, they, they found LiDAR blows, were blown away cameras because you know, they, they weren't as susceptible to environmental issues, right? So in any case, this company is saying their camera blows away LiDAR in any condition, right? And so it's a 3D camera. I thought it was very interesting because it's kind of a bold claim to make, just knowing the technologies. And we have a lot of LiDAR in industrial automation. We actually had PNF on the uh, automation podcast to talk about their LiDAR products and the technology underneath it. So that was uh, RC did a great job on that. Always love having him on the show. But uh, in any case, uh, I thought it was very interesting. And, and hey, these 3D cameras, we had LabForge. They make a 3D camera. We've had them on the show before. What an interesting uh, podcast that was. So um, they're already really kind of in our industry, if you think about it, and uh, could be interesting to see how that develops over time. Also, I noticed there's a big Kants, um, Kants uh, ad here. If anybody knows somebody at Kants, could you put me in touch with them? I'd love to get them on the product and technology show. I'm trying to trying to reach out to all the all the big players and, and medium and small players in our industry and get them on the show. So I'm always having conversations. I had conversations last night with Beckoff, which was a lot of fun uh, talking to them and catching up. They got a bunch of trade shows coming up, but hope to get them on the show late in the year or early next year. And of course, we just uh, had some uh, Metla Toledo on. Uh, we just recorded some episodes with them. So that was very cool as well. And of course, I told you about softing. So just trying to reach out. So if you know, know anybody there, love to get them on. They have some great stuff that, that works in our industrial automation industry. And with that, again, if you have a news tip, if you think I forgot something this week and I didn't cover it, please send the news tip in. Also, um, if you guys have uh, uh, any thoughts on the show as we approach episode 100, please let me know. You can use the same form to send them in 
and uh, really, really appreciate that. I do have to, uh, I have to replace the hard drive in my computer. It's acting wonky in my uh, my office computer. So uh, I haven't this 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 email box will not work on that computer. It works out here in the studio. I don't know why. Uh, it drives me nuts. But I'm going to replace the hard drive. So that's my job for the weekend. But in any case, um, if you if you have any feedback, please use this form. Let me know say anything about really about anything about industrial automation, about your thoughts about the show, about the thoughts about our our industry. Or just to say hi. Um, send it in, and we will read them on air the Tuesday after Labor Day. And with that, I uh, just want to say a thanks again to our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. And just remind you that we have our own community, automation.locals.com. You can follow for free or you can join for one cup of coffee a month to, you know, post up the post, um, you know, questions or message me directly or uh, just be part of the community. And uh, we also have at theautomationblog.com forward slash tab content collections. Um, ebooks and video collections and whatnot, as well as at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop, we have all kinds of coffee cups, t-shirts, and more. And with that, just a reminder, if this is the first time watching the show, every single link I've covered in all 92 episodes so far are up on automate.news. Every single one. You just click on the link, it'll take you right there. Now, I don't have the filter, for, I have the filter for types, so all the videos, all the events, and whatnot, you can uh, sort by them. I am going to be adding vendor sorting someday as I, as I find a solution for it. I tried some solutions earlier this week that didn't work. But in any case, um, you can, uh, like I was on the phone with, um, who was it, Beckhoff. And so I came up here and searched on Beckhoff. I always do Beckhoff instead of Hoff. And to see all the different uh, things we talked about them with. And I got to work on the search because it didn't find the tags. So these are things I got to work on, but um, in any case, I'll keep you informed as the development progress. And with that, I just want to thank you all. I, it's always way zoomed in, right? I want to thank you all for watching today. I want to wish you all an awesome Friday. Hope you have a great day today and an awesome weekend. Hopefully you don't have to work this weekend, but if you do, I'll be keeping you company because I will be as well. And with that, I just want to thank everybody who, uh, who said hi in the chat. Um, you guys are really awesome and really uh, appreciate you guys chiming in. And don't forget to submit your, your thoughts uh, with the news tip. And with that, I'm going to end the show and uh, have a safe, happy, and healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace.